0: It's good to be here today, this morning. My wife <clears throat> and I feel blessed to, uh, to be here. He mentioned focus. My first focus this morning was to get up on the stage without tripping, so I'll just be honest with you uh, about that. And <laughs> it was kind of humorous. We were sitting in a church service. We have three sons, all grown and still live in Henderson, Texas, where we're from, where we live. We've lived for the past 43 years. And I went to a revival over at a church in Longview one night. That rail reminded me of it a little bit. And all, all our sons were younger, and we were uh, sitting there, the revival services, and uh, who, somebody, the pastor said, Would well, everybody please stand. And so we did the normal thing. When you stand up, you reach and get the pew in front of you, right? And that's the way you usually stand up. Well, our youngest son was sitting next to me, and he's a pretty good-sized boy, And when we stood up we were holding on to the pew in front of us that top cap on that pew the whole thing came up with us it was not attached or it used to be attached it wasn't attached at that point (laughs) so we're standing there holding that and that wall was a little bit wobbly so I, i almost i thought oh don't let me tear this wall up while i'm trying to go up on stage anyway i did the normal thing i looked at my son i mean this was a serious moment in the service i busted out laughing i couldn't stop laughing in fact he and I had to go to the foyer to quit laughing before we could come back in. I, I try never to grab a hold of a top cap on a pew anymore. But, and I thought, I'm fixing to tear this up in a minute. It's good to be here today as your pastor, Brother Jeff, who it is my privilege to work with him in the Baptist Sunday School Committee. have done it for a number of years. Um, as he introduced me, I just thought, it's, just a, pr- it's a privilege to be here this, uh, this morning. I did grow up in Pine Bluff. I was the kid. Who got invited to vacation Bible school when I was four years old. you could see what' it's Olive Street Baptist Church out our uh, front door. it was a block this way and a block this way, and the people across the road, uh, the reeds came over and, and she said she asked if she could take Stevie, me and uh, Debbie, my little sister, to Bible school. That was our first time to go to church in Pine Bluff. And that's the church that reached our family. That's the church that took me to Bog Springs Camp. The first year they had Bog Springs Camp in the early 60s, on Thursday night, uh, Jesus Christ became my Savior. Ten years later, that's when I surrendered to ministry at the camp. Just a number of things. It does show how important it is to go across the road and say, can we take your kids to vacation Bible school? Or can we take them to whatever? It's It's to reach, reach out. So grateful. My wife is from Hot Springs. She grew up in Hot Springs and we met on campus at Washita. in December of our freshman year. Got married in December of our senior year. Well, one of our senior years. It took me a little while longer, you know, uh, than did her. Uh, I majored in, I majored in, I have a music ed degree from Washita, but I majored in college and having fun for about the first two years and then started being serious. Uh, at the end of our, my studies at Washita, my wife had already graduated the semester prior, a church in Henderson, Texas, Calvary Baptist Church, called me as their minister of music and youth, and there's a seminary there, which I'm going to talk about. This is a picture of it, Texas Baptist Institute. I started teaching there, started a music program, and uh, I've, t- taught, I've taught there for 43 years, but the church called me as their music and youth minister back in those days. And I did that for 16 years. And then, uh, after that, I became music and education for another 16 years. And then after that, music and administration. And it always had that line at the bottom of the contract that said, other duties as assigned by pastor, etc., etc." Did a lot of et cetera things. But God's been so very good to us. I want to compliment you. It's the first time that I've been here when I was in college um, worked with churches. I worked with Emanuel Church in Malvern for a couple of years and worked, uh, went home and worked with Olive Street for a year as administrative assistant, which meant a lot of et cetera's when you do that. So we never had a church home here in town. She went home to uh, Second Baptist Church in Hot Springs and worked in Children's Chapel and all that stuff every weekend. But uh, when, we, when we left here, it was a an experience that i, I I've, it's been an experience i 've never thought I would have. Uh, I travel to a lot of churches now since I am full time at the cemetery, and do exactly what i 'm going to do this morning. You have a lot of things going for you that we notice we don 't walk we don 't come to a church and start analyzing believe me that 's not it, but we notice things that are really really that you, that churches do good you have beautiful facility here you have people. <laughs> Uh, a lot of churches we go to run somewhere between 15 and 20. You have, you have, you have young adults. Uh, we go to a lot of churches that the, 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 the median age, uh, or the, there may not be anybody under the age of 70. And there's no children. That's the really tough thing. There's no, there are no children. Now, I noticed your pastor, he didn't do everything here. He, he's, he's got you doing some stuff. I'll talk about that in just a minute so it's good to be here there's three passages of scripture if you want to find them and just hold on to them that I'll refer to in just a little bit Ephesians chapter 4 just give you some warning because I have a lot of things I want to share and I, I may not slow down as much as I should so Ephesians 4 hold that I'll refer to 2nd Timothy chapter 2 hold that Ephesians 4, 2 Timothy chapter 2. And finally, I'll refer to Isaiah 6. That'll, that'll be the message part, Isaiah chapter 6. So, Ephesians 4, 2 Timothy 2, Isaiah 6. And again, thank you for allowing us to be here this morning. You're looking at a picture of Texas Baptist Institute. Of course, it's a drone view. Uh, Let me tell you a little bit about the school. The school was started in 1948 on the hills of World War II. It had the the largest group of students, or the the majority of the students at that time were veterans who had just come out of World War II. Um, The school was started in 1948. Currently, we own 10 acres of land. You're looking at the main building. I'm looking at it at the back as I describe it to you. On your left is a music building. That's where music classes are taught and some other classes. The uh, next building that juts out from it is an auditorium. That's where we have chapel and we have some other classes that meet in there. Then the building that has a porch on it's our administrative entrances. And uh, you go in there and you can access some of the uh, offices that we have at TBI. On further to your right, right before you get to the big tree, is our Antiquity Museum, which is operated by Dr. John Melanson, who is an archeologist. He travels to Israel, Jerusalem uh, for most of the year, but we maintain his uh, collection there at TBI. You can't see it just beyond the tree on the far right is our library. We have a beautiful, beautiful campus. Uh, The houses out behind the school are a few of our apartments. We We can house about 30 families on campus. We provide, Low, lower rent apartments. I think our most expensive apartment rents $300 a month. I know eyebrows always go up, I understand. But I'll talk about that in a moment. There's a reason we do it that way. So that's, that's the school. Your pastor mentioned our uh, purpose statement. I'm a, I'm a firm believer that you have to know what your mission is to accomplish the things that are necessary Uh, Sunday school committee we have a mission statement and I would start every meeting not so much for the other 13 men a lot of times it was for me to say this is what we're going to do and I would try to draw us back to that mission statement some call it a purpose statement this is the mission statement (coughs) of Texas Baptist Institute and Seminary where I serve as the chief executive officer and academic dean at this time our president is brother Ray Brooks Brother Brooks is 95 years old, and he just says, uh, take care of the day-to-day stuff. I'm not interested in <laughs> it. He's been president for about 50 years, but he still shows up, teaches his classes every morning by 1030, goes home, watches uh, Gunsmoke, eats lunch, and takes a three-hour nap. Now, if I live to be 95, I might do the same thing, so I, I don't mind that, but I get to f- I'll be there full-time. One of my fellow administrators is Robert Wallace. Robert Wallace is, does the same thing that, that I get to do. Now, the mission of Texas Baptist Institute, and I'll call I'll, I'll refer to TBI rather than say that every time. The mission of Texas Baptist Institute and Seminary is to equip saints to do the work of ministry through a biblically-based higher education in harmony with the Bible doctrines of the American Baptist Association to advance the kingdom of God through the local church ministry, that's you, of fulfilling the Great Commission. Everything we do at TBI has to touch that mission statement, whether it's a department and we have department outcomes, whether it's staff, we have staff outcomes, whether it's teaching in a certain degree program, and I'll show you the degrees in just a moment, we have degree outcomes that have to focus on that, whether it's an individual class that states the objective of a, of a class and then lists five to seven learning outcomes. Every outcome has to focus on that. Everything we do, it's my role to make sure we're seeking to fulfill the mission statement. Your pastor did not do some stuff this morning. Can you believe that? And I, I understand the role of a pastor, a minister. Um, your pastor, he did not lead the singing. I've never heard him sing. That may be a good thing. I've heard a lot of pastors sing, and they don't need to lead the (laughs) singing. Did a good job too. Did a very good job. Um, I I told my wife, I said, I can't remember the last time I sang Wonderful Grace of Jesus, and I still can't sing that high note. I don't understand that. But uh, your pastor didn't lead the, the singing. Your pastor did not take the offering. He had other people do that. He didn 't play the instruments. really good instrumentalist, too. I enjoyed it. He did not uh, teach all the Sunday school classes. The role of a pastor is to equip people to do that kind of those tasks, those tasks. right That's the role of a pastor. So the question comes in, Well, who equips the pastors? that 's the mission of a school like TBI to equip. Equip saints to do the work of the ministry, whether it's pastoring, whether it's youth pastor, whether it's a worship pastor, music minister, whether it's education minister, to equip those so they can equip others. If you go to Ephesians chapter four, and this will also be on the screen, this is, this is to me, this is where our greater mission statement comes from. Ephesians chapter four, verse 11, and he, capital H himself, capital H gave some to be apostles, verse 11, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the, what does it say, equipping of the saints. That's where we dig in. For the work of the ministry, for edifying the edification, for edifying the body of Christ. That is what a school like TBI is all all about. Let me uh, share with you the degrees that we offer. We offer a variety of degrees. That's a little hard to see. It's a little small. We offer a two-year associate. Now, this is if a person comes full-time and goes to school. We, uh, we're on what's called a quarter system. Are you familiar with a quarter system as compared to semester hours? I, I wish we weren't because I have to calculate the difference a lot, but it's been that way for a long time. Uh, We're on a quarter system, and we go three 12-week terms a year. We go a fall term, a winter term, a spring term, and we'll go during the summertime, but we do that by distance learning. We have a a growing distance learning program. This year, we began the year with 76 students, and we had, I think, 39 in-house students. We had about 20, I don't remember, upper 20s of students taking online classes, and for us. The delivery formats are you come and you sit in class, that's fine, or you sit at home and all of our rooms are equipped with cameras, with uh, speakers, with microphones, and you can sit at home and you can watch that class and you can communicate back and forth. In fact, if you're taking it at home or in your office, your picture will come up on the screen in the room, and if you've got a question, you just raise your hand and the instructor will you know, address it and you can share it. Or let's say you work on Tuesday mornings at 9 o'clock and you can't watch the class. We'll archive that class for a week. You can watch it before the next time it meets and get your work done that way. So we have a growing number of students that are taking classes online, which is good. That's the way it's going, right? That's the way education is going. But we offer a two-year associate of Bible degree. We offer a two-year associate of church ministry slash youth a two-year associate of church ministry slash music. We offer a four-year bachelor of theology, which the associate of Bible would roll right into the bachelor of theology. We offer three master classes, a one-year master of English Bible, or if you go another year, you would receive a master of theological studies, or if you go three years in the master program, you would receive what's called a master of divinity degree. And then it's the master of the divinity degree or the hours that it provides that would uh, certify you to step into what's called the doctorate of ministry. I have a doctorate of theology from TBI. I have a doctorate of ministry from a Southwest seminary in Fort Worth. Uh, our school is non-accredited at this point. We're seeking accreditation. I wanted, I wanted a master's degree and a doctorate degree from an accredited school for what we're doing now, and I'll talk about that in a moment. So I went to uh, a couple of other schools it took a while. It took me a long, being away from home for quite a bit, but God enabled me to do that. We also offer a Bible of certificate program. Um, one of the things that a school like TBI has to do is give back to churches because churches support us. So the way that we have decided to give back to churches is to create this Bible certificate program. Brochures are in your vestibule. This program is a two-year program. You take one class every turn, all online. It's low cost. Uh, there are no, no grades, no tests. Well, there are grades. It's either pass or fail. No test. There are classes for people who teach adult Sunday school. There's a class for those who are in youth ministry. There is a class for, uh, well, there, there are all kinds of classes. I'm not going to read them all to you. If you, just, if you need some help in Bible study skills, you could take this 12-week class and it would help you. So that's the way we're giving back to churches. Everybody can't come to TBI, but through internet, we can come to you. Pick one of those up and, and look at it. We are, uh, we are certified by the government to offer uh, the GI Bill, Veterans Benefits. In fact, that began in 1948. We are also certified by what's known as SEVP which is Student Exchange Program. We have some uh, students from foreign lands at our school right now. We're seeking accreditation with the Association of Biblical Higher Education. We had always had the stance, we had had the stance for a long time, we would not seek accreditation. And the cry was, or the the statement was, well, we just don't want the government involved. What was the first organization I mentioned to you that we're certified with, the GI Bill? You can't become more government involved. the paperwork for the GI Bill is about this tall because I oversee that. And I also got tired of losing some students well, I'll tell you, the, ch- the church that I served for 40, almost 42 years, it's a, it's a fairly large church. There's probably six to 700 in worship this morning and 500 in Sunday school. Uh, it was nothing unusual to have five or six young men surrendered to the ministry, a large youth group, 100 students, uh, surrendered to the ministry. But they would decide to go somewhere where they could study and it was accredited. For this reason, they could transfer those hours to somewhere else. That's something a non-accredited school struggles with. I got tired of losing those quality young men to other schools. So we're pursuing accreditation to make our hours readily transferable to other schools. That's the, that's the entire reason. They, it does not mess with our doctrine stance on anything. They have six things. This is an evangelical association. They have six statements. The statements are the Bible is God's word, Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and he died on the cross for the sins of mankind. In 1948, when we began school, we, we adopted those statements long before we began to pursue accreditation. So this is what we're doing. We're pursuing accreditation with the Association of Biblical Higher Education. Now let me talk to you about some of our students that we, uh, that we would have. We have students from foreign lands, the the uh, couple on the left are the Barros family. Francisco came to school to study fundamental theology. And we didn't realize at the time he was completing his Ph.D. in ancient Greek, ancient Greek from the University of Sao Paulo. They're from Brazil. That's his wife, Camellia, on, uh, on by his side. Since he has come to school, he has finished his uh, bachelor's studies, but he's also finished his Ph.D., and we've kept him. He's teaching our Greek classes and New Testament interpretation classes. The top on your left is Kirkland Usher. Kirkland's from Belize. Kirkland is uh, finishing his, this is his last year of study in his master's program. He's, he's planning on going back to Belize and maybe starting a, a, an or, a children's home of some sort. Sitting beside Kirkland is Daniel Resendez. Daniel is from Mexico. Daniel's dad is Dr. Hugo who does a lot of the medical mission trips. Daniel already is, uh, he's taught elementary ed for several years, but he came to TBI. He felt like this is what God wants him to do. Plus, he's preparing to go with his dad on medical mission uh, trips. Uh, the, the right hand is Kuni Oba. Kuni is from Japan. And Kuni is a tremendous young man. He's about half the size he is right there. Uh, he's, uh, he's, he's taking care of himself. Kuni is studying theology at TBI. He's also one of our IT assistants. So we have these students roll in, register for classes. They take classes online. We have students from uh, around the world and from around the United States. We have students from uh, Florida. We have students from California. Some of them plan to graduate, return to their countries, and plant churches and go to work. Some have left good jobs. We have a lot of families at TBI. Some have left a lot of things that are comfortable, and I'll talk about that in a minute. I want you to remember, though, this is a powerful statement for me. A Bible education, I was watching uh, news a little bit this morning, and (laughs) I've almost come to the conclusion when you watch news that, well, I'm not going to get political. This is not political. I'm confused, and I think that there's some confusion, and I'm at the point I don't know what to do. I don't know. I do know this, that a Bible-based education is the most powerful weapon we can use to change the world. Would you agree with that? Powerful weapon. So how can you help? Number one, pray for the family of Texas Baptist Institute. Just pray for us. Number two, pray for those who are considering TBI. That's a big move. Number three, growth means financial challenge. Consider TBI and finances. You, you would think growth means you don't have to worry about that as much. No, it's the opposite. Accreditation is expensive. Uh, share a real quick story. When, uh, when we considered accreditation, the financing of that was, was, was an important deal. I mean, it's expensive. The month after we decided to pursue accreditation, someone out of the clear blue, left us a $400,000 estate. And I felt like that was God going, get after it, (laughs) get after it. But it doesn't take long to go through that. So pray for us in our finances. Our financial support comes from three areas. Number one, churches who give. We have a number of churches that give regularly. We have some that just send an offering every now and then, but churches. The second area is tuition. I'm a graduate of OBU. I, wasn't going to say, I was just going to say I'm a graduate of one of the schools in town because uh, I didn't want to get anything started. But that was 45, 40-something 40 years ago, so that's been a long time. I studied under, uh, I studied under Dr. Macbeth. Yeah, so that's, you know, that's, if you say that to a band director, and they go, oh, wow, uh, I barely passed, but I'm not going to tell you much more about that. But... Um, I lost where I was going, baby. Help me out a little bit. Individuals, churches, donations. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's gone. Do I, Oh, low tuition. I should remember that. I don't know how my parents put me through Washita. I really don't financially. I don't. And we have three sons. I said this earlier. All have college degrees. And I prayed hard. Don't go to Washita. <laughs> because I don't know how we would do that. God's blessed them though. Uh, I mean, I would not, (laughs) we would have done it somehow. I don't know how. Our tuition's low. Our tuition is, uh, uh, right now, currently $125 per credit hour. Is that low? Oh, that's very low. (laughs) All right, finally, come visit us. We would love to have you come to Henderson, Texas. We're 30 miles from Tyler, Texas, over here west, and we're 30 miles from, about 25 miles from Longview, Texas. Uh, If you've ever heard of Kilgore, Texas. We're 16 miles straight south of Kilgore, Texas. How to find us, uh, you can find us on the web. That's the best way, tbi.edu. Finally, I just want to ask you to pray for us. If you go to 2 Timothy, one of the verses I mentioned a while ago, chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2 First three verses. You therefore, Second Timothy chapter two, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things which you have heard from me, this is a father figure talking to a son figure. If it was like, be like me with our three sons, our oldest will turn forty this year, our middle son's thirty-five, and the youngest one's fixing to turn thirty-three. Just in case you want to know, we have six grandchildren, and all our sons still live in Henderson. Where they've grown up. I'll still go to Calvary Church. So he's saying, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things which you have heard from me, among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You see the See what happens? When we teach students at TBI... They go out and teach others. That's part of the equipping process, just like your pastor who attended seminary. So we ask that you invest in us. Time. That's what it takes. Invest financially. Invest in prayers for schools like TBI and encourage us. So let me talk to you about what life is like at a school such as Texas Baptist Institute. There's some misconception. It is not a four-day, we go to school four days a week, but it's not a four-year form of Sunday school every day. It's a school of higher education. You have some educators here. When you have a school, what are some things that you expect? Tell me. When it's the school, what do you expect? Do what? Oh, we give tests. Yes, we do. (laughs) A lot of them. Yes, we have tests. What are some other things? Lots of homework for a two-hour class. Uh, there's we have a, we have levels of rigor. If you're a freshman, you should have this much homework, do this much reading. If you're a junior, this much reading. A lot of homework. What else? Papers we do, and we we're Torabian School. We follow a certain format when you submit your papers. Um, it, it's that's just what we do. So we're a school of high attendance. If you you can only miss so many times out of 24 classes and. If you miss uh, six times, then sorry, sorry or not, you get to take it again next year. And it's not always fun. We have policies, we have handbooks. Have I ever ever had to ask a student to, to just move off campus, you can't live here anymore because you violated policies? Yep, that's the least favorite thing I get to do, but it's necessary. So it's not Sunday school four days a week. It's not vacation Bible school. It just doesn't, we, we, we eat, <laughs> we sing, but it's not Bible school. It's a school of higher education. So let me tell you what a typical TBI student looks like. They're married, approximately 24 to 25 years old. We have a 17-year-old student, and we have a 73-year-old student, but the average age is 24 to 25. The average, and they're married. We have some singles. Uh, they have one child. We have some families that have one child or two, then we have some families that have exceeded the limit. You understand what I mean by that? They've got more more children. (laughs) Here's the common factor. Many of them had a good job, had a home they were buying, had insurance, had retirement, had family where they lived. And for some reason, I'm going to talk about that reason, some reason they choose to leave every bit of that and come to TBI and when they get there, they leave a home and they live in an apartment, which I told you our apartments are relatively, they're cheap, in an apartment when really you can stand in this room and the people next door, you can hear them through the wall sometimes. But that's just what you do. And then they left that good job of making good money with all the benefits, sometimes to work at McDonald's or Lowe's or Walmart, mow yards. And these are twenty average 25-year-old men. They go to school, we go to school Tuesday through Friday from 8 to 12. Now, graduate classes are on Tuesday afternoon. So, um, and you go, well, that's not bad at all. Well, let's back up a little bit. Remember, they're a student. What did you say comes with being a student? Homework. But they're also married, and they're a dad, which means they've got to work. We have students that go to work when they get out of school at 12, they go to work at 1, and they work to 9. Some of them work till 5. We have two students that go to work at six, at 6 at night and get off at 6 the next morning, and they're in class at 8 o'clock. That's what they do. Wait a minute. They're a, they're a husband. Somewhere in there, they need to spend a little time with their wife. And they're a dad. They need to be, you know, be a father or some. Oh, then they still have all that homework to do. (laughs) It's difficult. You have to make why would someone leave all of this over here and choose to do this? Well, there's a couple examples in the Bible. If you you don't have to turn there, you know this verse For by grace you have been saved through faith. That not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works, because if it was of works, we'd boast about it. It goes a little bit further, it says, For we are his workmanship created in christ jesus to do good works that god has figured out ahead of time when i was born to milton and virginia butler in pablo of arkansas 19, june 20th 1953 and that was a long time ago i didn't have to go what am i going to do and god's why am i here god already had that figured out to be his workmanship means you're his tool and he creates us to work for him we're called. You say, I'm not called to the ministry. Yes, you are. If you're a saved individual, it may not be a full time ministry. It could be. But you're called to do something in God's kingdom. That's called ministry. Abraham was called to leave his country, take his family, and just move. And if you read that passage in Genesis about Abraham, he doesn't go, What's it going to pay God? He doesn't even go, Where am I going? He just packs up and leaves moved to another country much like these guys from uh, Brazil and Belize and Japan Moses when he was called Moses said I, I, I can't I, I can't do it God I, I don't have eloquent speech I think he stuttered a little bit possibly but God said no I'll take care of that I'll provide somebody who will speak for you and what I've seen in my years of working at TBI, it's not always the person who speaks the best who does the best, or it's not always the person who sings the best who does the best, but it's always the most committed who achieves the most in God's work. All saved are asked to follow, to submit. Now, let's go to Isaiah 6, and this is where we'll we'll stay for just a bit. And I'll get you out. I didn't a, I always ask. There's two questions I, we always ask when we go to a church. And we travel. My wife, she's a retired fourth-grade school teacher. And uh, we're, uh, we travel like this about two at least two Sundays a month, mostly in Texas. We were south of a—did you know you can go south of Houston? Are you aware of that? We were 40 miles straight south of Houston last Sunday at Richwood. And, I, you know— I didn't know you could do that, but we did. We get, tra- get to do this a lot and very, very thankful that we, can, that we are able to, uh, to travel like this and share, this, share the message. We always ask two questions. Number one, where can we sit where we won't get anybody's seat? Is that important in a church? Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to ever sit where there's a blanket or a cushion. That's not for you. <laughs> uh but, you know, we. And then the other thing we, I forgot to ask this: about what time do y'all usually get out? So I didn't ask it, but I'm going to be through here in just a few minutes. It's my, my fault, Jeff. Isaiah chapter 6. This is one of my favorite passages of Scripture because I was a worship pastor for 41 years. You know, I did the, I did the, the, the big choir thing. I did the orchestra thing. We have three or four praise bands at church. You know, it's just, it's just it was wonderful. Um. Uh, and God touched my heart and said, No, you need to leave that and be full time at Texas Baptist Institute. But in Isaiah chapter 6, this is a worship experience. First three verses In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim, each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. One cried to another and said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Now, this is a church service or what we might consider as a church service. So you you have a worship time going on and they're singing the hymn, holy, holy, holy. A long time before holy, holy, holy was written. But that's what they're doing. Because of who God is, they're worshiping God. The next verse says the post of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out and the house was filled with smoke. We used to do (coughs) Easter programs at church or Christmas things, you know, and have the the big choir things. And we had the stage lighting with the catwalk and all that. Uh, We've rented a smoke machine a few times. Uh, not just to get to people, but because it fit really well. So we could do this if we wanted to. We could fill the house up with smoke. Not always the best thing to do. But you understand what's going on. It's because they're in the presence of God. Verse 5, so I said, this is Isaiah's realization. He said, because I've seen God, my response is, woe is me. I am undone. Because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the Lord, the King, the Lord of hosts. Bog Springs camp on a Thursday night when I, in 1962, I think. I've still uh, I've got that written down somewhere. This is what I did. I realized who God was. I, I, I knew for a year I needed to be saved. I just... I'd make myself sick or have to go to the bathroom at every invitation. On Thursday night, there had been a missionary from Japan sitting beside me. His name is Mitchell Kawahara. He was a student at Little Rock Seminary. And he would get up and give his testimony every Thursday, every night he did. And I think he sat by me because he knew I was lonely, even though my mother was there at camp. I still was lonely. I'd never, I'd, I'd, I'd never been you know, around. This was the first year of camp at Bog Springs. He'd give his testimony and sit down. Then he'd, every night, Thursday night, he stood up and gave his testimony. He sat down and he said, give yours, give yours. And I I said, I hadn't got one. After church that night, I found our pastor who was Jackie Holt. I found him and I said, I need to be saved. I need to be saved. In reality, I did exactly what Isaiah did. Now, I still have to ask forgiveness of sins. I'm still a sinner. I'm just a saved sinner. And Isaiah said, I'm I'm undone. I'm unclean. And everybody around me is unclean. Let's read a little further. Then one of the seraphim flew, in verse 6, to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my lips, my mouth with it, and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away. Your sin is purged. Wow. God would do that for me. (laughs) He'll do it for you. For by grace. Isaiah experienced cleansing. So what does this have to do with TBI? The next verse. Isaiah said, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? I think that's what happens. To the majority of students who choose to go to a school, a seminary. God, now, we have students get saved at TBI. <laughs> We've had that not a lot, but some have come to the realization they never experienced salvation. The majority of the people, men or ladies, they're already saved. And God's saying, I need somebody to go. And they answer by saying, I will go. Isaiah said, I will go. When God said, I need somebody to go. Who will I send? What was Isaiah's response? I'm ready to go. He was ready to go because he had worshiped. He was ready to go because he had experienced God. He was ready to go because of his relationship to God. And that's what happens when students choose to go to a school like TBI. So the question is, what about you? I don't know. I, I know, I don't. other than your pastor, I don't know if I know anybody here. We could go back and say, we could, we could find some people we know. My dad's from Hope, Arkansas, I bet we could find somebody we know in common. Maybe kin to some of you, I don't know. But the concern is, what about you? Are you saved? And if you're saved, what about you? Are you serving? Well, I'm not going to pastor, I didn't ask that. <laughs> I said, are you serving? Are you serving in your local church here? Would you be willing to be equipped to serve him, to serve our Father? I, because God may be saying to some of you this morning, I need somebody to go. Are you willing? Pray for us at TBI, please. Thank you for letting me be here this morning. Would you bow your heads and let me pray? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for allowing Monty and I to be here. I pray for their pastor as he serves here, as he ministers their staff, their teachers, the minister of music, I pray that they reach into the community here at Arkadelphia and are able to have souls saved and families join their church. Now, thank you for letting me share about TBI and just touch the hearts of individuals to pray for us, to support us, to come visit us. Most of all, if there's somebody here this morning that needs you as their Savior, I pray they'll ask you into their hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Brother Jeff.